This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. You're listening to The Blitz 1170. Streaming live at theblitztulsa.com and on the Blitz 1170 app. All right, 203 here on the Blitz 1170. Hope everyone's had a good uh, Monday so far. My name is Jeremy Poplin. Oh, Rudy Gobert has released a statement. Emotions got the best of me today. Should not have reacted that way. I did regardless of what I was said. I want to apologize to the fans, the organization, and to Kyle, who is someone that I truly love and respect as a teammate. I don't know if it goes back the other way with Kyle trying to follow you into the tunnel to fight you. Um, and anytime that the B word is thrown around, which evidently Kyle referred to him as multiple times on the bench, I don't know if that necessarily is a uh, sign of respect. I know I'm getting older, but uh, yeah, I don't think that one has changed too much at all. Things haven't changed that much, Pop. Okay, just just yeah. double checking. Yeah. I figured I'd let you know, keep you on the, uh, keep you filled in. Rudy Gobert not traveling with the team to Los Angeles. Boy, it didn't take very long for Rudy to back up either, did it? He backed up quickly. Mm. He wanted no part of that maybe Kyle's from what it looked that, like. Maybe Kyle's use of that word was uh, accurate. Four first-round draft picks, man. Four. How many are they going to get for him when they have to offload him this offseason? Four, and he's got multiple years left on that deal, which really doesn't mean anything in the NBA. No. All right, let's hit up the uh, hotline and welcome in Steve McGee from News 9 in Oklahoma City, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. Steve, what's going on, man? How are you today? Just got done with uh, practice inside, so uh, enjoying the nice, beautiful air outside. Uh, minimal wind, which is a rarity in Oklahoma, but uh, good day so far. Uh, what was the word out of uh, practice today, and how did things go? What's the excitement level uh, like around this team that uh, as qualified now for the play-in game and that basketball has extended beyond the regular season for some time now in OKC? Yeah, today we're in the waiting room, and I'm like, this is the room we were supposed to be in today for exit interviews, the season being over. You know, and I'm like, nope, we're, we're on delay right now, and it's really an interesting uh, – they could be playing one game, they could be gone for two nights, or they could be gone for up to ten. I mean, that's, that's kind of weird because if you win Wednesday, you play again Friday on the road, and if you win that game, then you go straight to Denver. Mm-hmm. So I don't, know, I don't know what to pack, so I don't want to jinx it. So I'll kind of pack somewhere in the middle ground for that when I leave tomorrow. But it was a good practice. They practiced for about 90 minutes, I was told, uh, which is a rarity this late in the season. I mean, they played so many games back-to-back or had one day off, so practice was hard to come by. So it was kind of good for the guys to get out there and really get after it for 90 minutes as they prepare for the Pelicans. Throughout this uh, last several-day stretch here, um, what has been the overall theme that you've that you've noticed from the players in general, just in terms of the opportunity that presents itself that's in front of them right now? Well, I think they wanted this opportunity. It may not reflect in some of the games, but they played so many games after the All-Star break. They played 17 in March. They had home back-to-backs. They were like every other day they were playing. And so it, it kind of, I think they kind of got wore down, you know, and this, there were some pressure games as well. You know, they kind of showed with that loss to Charlotte at home. That really hurt. But um, they, they found a way to get the job done. 
in Portland when, when they didn't play exactly that great about 15 days ago, and then they got the job done last yesterday, but they already wrapped it up. But the, the key one was winning that game in Utah. They needed it, and they got it. So a pressure situation, and now we'll just see how this team can do. I mean, even if it's just one game, that is huge moving forward for next year because this team has intentions of, you know, they're trending up maybe faster than most people expected without Chet but they are moving in the right direction. So if it's just one playoff game and a road atmosphere, that's going to be great for this basketball team. But they're looking forward to the challenge. Uh, this team has won at Philadelphia and won at Chicago on back-to-back nights. They probably should have won in Boston. So they, they, they know what it takes to win on the road. They won when LeBron set the record in L.A. So they've played in tough atmospheres before. It, they don't have to play perfect game, but I would say probably close to perfect. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you just in terms of what – a of them being in this position what it means to them as a franchise and i know that some people might think "Eh, it's just one game what more can that mean i think it's an entire like mentality it's a mindset moving forward into what next year means more than anything i don't think anyone really considers them a contender outside of you know maybe people in that locker room but it is a big deal that they were able to do this at this point Oh, they put a lot of people wrong because even with chet a lot of people haven't went in you know less than 25 games and without them all year long, they end up winning 40 games. No, If you would have said the Thunder will win 40 games this year back in October, they'd be looking like you're crazy, you're drinking the Thunder Kool-Aid. But it happened. Um, and so anything they do, if they win Wednesday and they lose Friday, that, that's great. They lose on Wednesday, that's okay, too. They still get a good lottery pick, and they get some experience in the playoffs. But they've really treated these last couple of weeks like a playoff. You know, they're battling for that spot all the way through. So they've kind of been in a, in a one-game playoff for the last uh, two and a half weeks, three weeks. You know, what I really liked about yesterday was the fact that they were able to really get kind of contributions from, from everyone. Um, what, 30 assists, 15 fast break points. I mean, it was, it was a performance that kind of, at least to me, um, was one of those that you were able to take lessons that you've learned throughout the entire season and then even apply it to the guys that don't get as many minutes as the Thunder were resting some guys. That was just a go- good overall team effort yesterday. Yeah, it was good to see Trey Mann get a triple-double. He's kind of had a rough uh, sophomore year, but a lot of guys in the NBA struggle in year number two, and maybe this gives us some confidence uh, on down the road. But um, you know, I looked at it as that was a Thunder bench versus the Memphis bench. And the Thunder had the better bench. That's how I looked at it. So it helped to play a game at home as well. But uh, I thought it was a good win. It's some good momentum. They've now won two in a row going into New Orleans. But uh, it's all about momentum. And uh, we'll see what happens on Wednesday. It's, a, it's, a, it's an NCAA tournament, March Madness type situation. Win and you keep on playing, you lose, and you're done for the year. So I'm really anxious to see what they do. But when it comes to New Orleans, though, I was really – before – the implosion yesterday from Minnesota, I was still wanting to play Minnesota uh, as opposed to New Orleans. For whatever reason, the Pelicans play the Thunder tough. Even when New Orleans was missing players, they still played the Thunder tough. So I think it's a, a, a tough matchup for the Thunder, but it's a winnable game, though. What makes it a tough matchup, Steve, for them? Herb Jones plays great defense, and they're going to be all over Shea. Shea knows they're going to double team him. There's no defense out there that they can bring that he hasn't seen this year. So it's going to be up to Shea to know when to go into the basket and when it's going to be able to kick out. Hopefully someone's going to be open, maybe Lou Dort in the corner. Jalen Williams knows he's going to be counted on because they're going to be all over Shea. So other guys around him have to step up when Shea can't get that break to the basket, which he is so good at. More times than not, he gets fouled. 
and it's a three-point play. So everyone else around Shea has to play their A game or near or close to it. What has the, got them? There's several things you can point to, and I think there are, there are some, in just in terms of how they've played the entire year, that automatically rise to the top. Is there an is there a, an element of this team, in your opinion, that does not get talked enough about about how good that they've been that have gotten them in this position? I think it comes down to coaching. Uh, you're starting to hear real whispers that he should be at least mentioned. He's not going to win it, but Coach of the Year Mark Degnault and his staff have done a they've done a extend, an outstanding job uh, getting this team prepared. You know, like I said earlier, no one expected them to win, but you know, maybe 25 games. I thought somewhere maybe 30, 32, and even then I raised a few eyebrows like really 32. But I thought they had a good team and they have good player development and they drafted well and they've done so in the past couple of years. So. Um, I think it comes down to coaching. Uh, they got the right coach for this, uh, what you call, I guess you call it a rebuild. But Mark, he's really opened up a lot of eyes. This guy, he wanted to be a head coach. He was determined to be a head coach. And now he's a head coach. And now we're starting to reap the benefits of what he can do. Well, it, the thing that I like about it is that they had identified him through um, their their G League efforts. And mm-hmm. it was it was one of those things where – Sometimes franchises get in this position, in my opinion, where um, they're either a believer in what they're doing and what their core foundations are, or they're not. And I don't know how many times, like a franchise, just you you can tell who has faith in what they're doing and who doesn't. And the Oklahoma City Thunder have had faith in this entire project, and they've also had faith in Mark. They they identified and understood what his strengths were and bringing him and putting him in this position. You can't say that for a lot of franchises. And so, I mean, they, they knew from the get-go about potentially what they had because when they made that hire, I heard a lot of people kind of snicker at it. It's like, what? That's the guy that you're going to go with? And I had people behind the scenes tell me, like, no, like Mark's legit. Just wait. He's going to prove it to everyone yeah. how good he really is. Yeah, he'd been with the program for a few years, so it's not like, you know, I don't think they wanted to bring in someone new that didn't know the, the so-called Thunder way. Mark knew the ins and outs. He knew exactly what they were planning to do. I'll, I'll, I'll bide my time, but I'm going to build a winner here, and that's what he's doing right now. But it's just, some of those guys just have the X's and O's mentality. You know, they may not be the most famous head coach, but he, he could care less if people – one time last year, they introduced him as Mike Dagnall. And he goes, I, I don't really care. <laughs> I don't really care. You know, he's, if he could be behind the scenes as a head coach, he will do it. He's not looking to be in the spotlight, uh, even though he probably got some last uh, week in Golden State when he picked up the technical, uh, going after all three referees, and he had a right to. So, But he'll get after it if he has to. But uh, it's just I think the Thunder are extremely fortunate. Uh, Sam and company picked the right guy. The, the guy just and I'm really looking forward to see what they can do once, you know, they're only going to get better next year. You know, yeah. they're going to get prep back and they may make some improvements on the roster. So this is just a starting point, and it's a good starting point for them if it's just one game and a play-in. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Steve, I had asked a question of one of our guests, and the, the question was essentially like, I don't know whether this is just how well the Thunder are playing uh, kind of over their heads from the overall season projection, or is this a combination of the West and kind of the status that was the West? Because how long did we play where basically the fourth seed through the 12th seed were like four games apart for the entire way? Uh-huh. And it's a combination of both while they're there. 
And now I look back on that, I'm like, you know what? It I, Does it really matter? It, it doesn't matter because they, they were still found a way to qualify. It doesn't matter what the level of the West is or Oklahoma City. Fact of the matter is they're here, and they took advantage of an opportunity that was in front of them. Yeah, and I thought they did extremely well against the East. You know, I, I, they won in Atlanta, and I mentioned they won in Philadelphia. They should have won in Boston. They won in Chicago. It's not like they were uh, poor against the East, which is, I think, a stronger conference right now. But, um, you know, it's not their fault that the West was kind of down this year. For whatever reason, Golden State couldn't win a game on the road. The Lakers had their issues. The Clippers, you know, this guy's out, then that guy's out. You know, it's not their fault. Denver is, you know, the number one seed, and Memphis is the two seed. They've they've had some issues as well. But, um, you know, just play it. You know, and and they're on the rise, and there's some player, there's some teams ahead of them in the Western Conference that have some aging players that it, it could be problematic for them down the road, and the Thunder just going to keep on rising. I would love your thoughts on the Dallas situation as someone that watches a lot of NBA games and how that ultimately ended up playing out. I know the league has <sighs> announced an investigation that's going on on them, but uh, what was your general takeaway from what we saw that impacted the Thunder getting in? I don't think the, you can really scold them for tanking because this was this was, this was developed long before what they did a couple of days ago. So, um, you know, other teams down the stretch have played questionable rosters. You know, mm-hmm. look, you know, look at the Thunder last year. They yep. only played with six or seven guys in that last road trip in L.A. It's just and nobody said anything about that. It just happens to be Dallas with Luca and Kyrie Irving. You know, two uh, polarizing you know characters in the NBA. So they're making a bigger deal out of it. But, uh, you know, this was invented, you know, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, 12 years ago. Let's let's kind of pull back and play our young guys and, uh, you know, try to get a good draft pick. But uh, it just it didn't work out for Dallas. They gambled and it looks like they lost, at least for this year. We'll see what develops in the offseason. But um, they got to they got to be scratching their heads, realizing, you know, what happened. And I was just told this today after the game, during the game yesterday, they went ahead and said, hey, we're going to go ahead and do exit interviews tonight. That means Sunday night. So they wanted to hurry up and get this thing over with. You know, and then Kyrie Irving didn't even show up yeah. for exit interviews. So yep, that's, that's right. a lot right there. Yeah, uh, very. That's, that's their problem. That's not our problem. Nope, you're exactly right. Exactly right. All right. Um, so one final thing from me here on this. Um kind of revisit this i know it's not necessarily a matchup that has been as friendly to the thunder as what we would like this is a more difficult matchup with them playing against the pelicans but what do the thunder have to do steven your opinion to come away with a victory shay's got to get uh 30 points he's got to get to the line maybe 14 15 free throws get those easy points because he can knock down those free throws lose got to hit a couple of open corner threes jalen's got to be play like he's a contender for rookie of the year and they got to play solid defense Jalen's a great defender and of course we know about Lou Dorp being a great defender Josh Giddy's got to hit that runner in the lane off the glass that's what he's got uh, you know it's kind of like his patented shot sometimes it goes in sometimes it doesn't they just got to play smart and uh you know they played well on the road this year it may not reflect in the overall road record but they have played well and you know New Orleans has pressure too they, they got to win the game just as well so um they got to play near perfect they got to play b plus basketball and new orleans has to play about average and it's possible you know it's one game you know that's all it is (laughs) it's just one game can fight your way through it and find one game steve safe travels man try to be be in the game with five minutes to go and see what happens that's right right. yep safe travels man have a good time 
That's Steve McGee joining us here on News 9 here, or from News 9 on the Blitz 1170, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder after practice today. So the Pelicans probably blew a game that they should have at least found a way to win, and that has them in this position now. Um, But, hey, it's going to happen. They're going to have to pick up the pieces and uh, find a way to beat Oklahoma City. New Orleans, by the way, has been so much better at home than what they've been on the road, which is a good sign for them and a bad sign for the Thunder. But I can't wait to see how they respond to this after they blew a game that they had no business blowing yesterday afternoon. All right, timeout. We'll come back. It's 219 here on the Blitz 1170. We'll come back with more next here in the afternoons. Don't forget, broadcasting live from the Ike's Chili House Studios, serving four generations of Tulsa since 1908. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.